time. It is time for another Friday live mailbag on the tube and on the podcast feed. You want me to record this? Uh, nah, don't worry about it if you want. Okay. I'll use Too this late. audio from the YouTube. Okay. Back at it again, everybody. Streaming. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget, we'll be uh, less than a week away from our draft our draft live stream when the Jags are on the clock. Ham is on the tube. Don't forget that. And that'll also be big podcast uh, the next day as well. Yeah, can't can't wait. I mean, we're less. As of today, we know who the Niners quarterback is. McCorkle Jones. Uh, could be Trey Lance. Maybe Justin Fields goes to, and it's Zach Wilson. It just be ready. At this time, next week, guy, we will know. That's a good point. And our phones will be full of text messages from people happy, angry, mad, Memes. sad. Yeah. It, it to me, is the most anticipated draft in a long, long time, just based on the third pick, which is unheard of, right? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're right. <laughs> this time next week, we'll be, we'll be like, well, one thing Kyle said last night. He said he thinks that McCorkle is the best processor he's seen in 20 years. And Mike, his dad told him he processes as fast as Elway. There's a lot of going around the internet how smart McCorkle is. I've seen a couple unnamed executives, smartest quarterback they've ever talked to. It's like, well, I thought that was just like luck like five, seven years ago. <laughs> right? I thought that was like, haven't we checked that box? It always... It, it, it just plays the recency bias. If you're living it, if you're just talking to the guy, you're like, God, this guy's smart. Just, I understand saying that. Yeah, yeah. You and I... And he probably is pretty intelligent, right? I'm not... I mean, You and I used to talk many years ago, I think when you were still working in the league, we used to talk about having our list of people that we'd hire to do anything. Like, I, yeah, I gotta... Like, like, we used to talk about it like coaches or players, but like, he, this, this person, I would have him do anything for me. I remember the number one guy on my list got a job, a head coaching job, and got fired before the season even started because of some NCAA violations. You like, swore oh. by the guy, and they got nailed, destroyed, fired, and it's he's back, for my list. back now. He's not in major college sports anymore. He's in high school, I still, right? I still stand by him. I still stand by him. Got screwed, John. Did he get screwed, or was it kind of shady? I thought he got screwed, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, podcast is brought to you by WineAccess.com. YouTube is brought to you by WineAccess.com slash ham john we'll tell you more about it later but you see it in the thing 20 percent off well this will be uh this will be right there with us for better or worse through the draft satisfaction guarantee i i say it over and over do something for someone else do something for someone else make someone's day yeah. and there's nothing like getting a little present especially when it's a little booze delivered at your door 20 yep. percent off absolutely uh we'll call next thursday's draft show our, our booze cruise all right, uh, the way it works out, the mailbag is very simple. You submit a question via a review on iTunes. Every week we seem to get more of them. It's also a live stream on YouTube. We do get to the YouTube comments as well, but we'd like to give uh, you know the people that took the time, we appreciate you going to do the five-star review and uh, give it, giving us a question there. So we've got a lot today. Before we get into anything else, I do want to mention, John, did you see the FCS playoffs start on Saturday? Um, on ESPN three, so if you're looking for some football to watch, you could you could get in on three and zero Holy Cross against five and one South Dakota State uh, if you wanted to on Saturday. If you're looking for some foot football, some powerhouses there, guy. Delaware, home of Flacco, Matt Nagy, and Brett Veach. Southern Illinois, Romo, uh, North da- uh, North Dakota State, Wentz and Lance. Southern Illinois, East- yeah, was him. Eastern Washington. 
Kendrick Bourne, Cooper Cup. Yep. James James Madison. North Dakota State. 49ers yes. quarterback Trey Lance. Monmouth. I don't know. They actually Basketball. had a dude when I was in the NFL. They had a they had like special teams. This is pretty cool. I mean, I I, I must this is this is my uh I was a Cal Poly guy. We we aspired not, to make it to the playoffs. I don't know why it's not on uh, you know, it's on ESPN three. Also like what else you what do you gotta put on ESPN two? Is it like you? open what's going? On, what's on you? What's on news? I don't get it. Cutting costs. I don't get it. Um the boxers are going out. If you ordered a hat and you're wondering, maybe you haven't heard back. If you got the Venmo, you got the hat. If you paid the Venmo, if you didn't pay the Venmo, pay the Venmo, or else your hat's going to go to somebody else. There was a line forming, so get in line um, by emailing promo code ham at gmail.com. There is a line. Um, so I don't know where my hats are. Oh, you don't know where your hats are? Did, did I sell them out from under you? No, they, they, they might be. We're low maybe on they're stock, in the kitchen. Yeah. Stock is low. There they are, right there. So look, if if hopefully some of you guys who ordered them get them before the draft. First batch went out on uh, Thursday. First batch went out on Thursday. So if you get them, you wear them before the draft. Let us know. All right, uh, here we go. Time to dive in. You ready? Diving into the mailbag. Diving into the mailbag. Here can opener. We go. The what? The can opener. What's the can opener? Isn't that when you hold your leg and you jump off the uh, the diving board? (laughs) (laughs) All right. First up, John, this is from Raylan. Do you think it's something or nothing that Justin Fields switched the orientation of his feet while in the shotgun at his pro day? He's always had his left foot back, but at his pro day, he had his right foot back. This is the way Kyle likes it and teaches it. I personally hope this means that John Beck is implementing little things Kyle likes into his game for the Niners to draft him. Someone forwarded this to me. I don't know if it was a scout. I don't know if it was you or I don't know if it was in my DMs. They all kind of get convoluted Mm -hmm. of John Beck. And it may be of what he said on Peter King's podcast, but he said it somewhere. It was basically a several paragraph deep dive into what Kyle looks for in the quarterback position. And one of the main elements was footwork. Yeah. He believes that footworks in the offense. So yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not nothing. I think it's clear. John Beck is implementing and John Beck. Now I've heard him a couple different places say like, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. Like we all get, like I'm working through Kyle, right. That we're not hiding. We, we haven't been promoting this the last couple of years, but I'd say one million percent. They're doing that on purpose. He's a now, foreign agent. I, I, I think these guys are trying. All three of them, right, are trying to get drafted by Kyle Shanahan. I would be yes. What you heard, what you're referring to, is what John Beck told Papa and Lund. On oh, that's what it is. He's gotcha. really big on feet. He wants to be able to tie feet to scheme and vice versa. He's particular about the feet. This is like sounds like Kyle and Papa both have the same QB foot fetish. Would have liked to have John Beck like three weeks ago, a little too mainstream now for us. <laughs> uh, uh, the feet of his quarterback, the eyes, the positioning, he looks for traits and abilities, physical abilities would be getting the ball out quickly, being able to drive it a lot to different places on the field quickly, effortlessly. He loves to be aggressive in play pass, especially, I'm going to start using that, play pass, the play action, especially certain areas of the field. He wants somebody as they come off the play fake, um, drive the ball down the field. I'll, uh, I'll, I could keep reading, but yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I don't think anything that John Beck did is nothing. I don't think anything is nothing. Agreed. Next up, mailbag from NC State. Mailbag question: Who would y'all be favorite? 
who would be y'all's favorite for comeback player of the year? Wentz, Darnold, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr. For the well, Alex Smith comeback player of the year award, yet to be named. I would say Sam Darnold would not qualify. He's not coming back from anything. Mono. <laughs> the Jets. Uh, I mean, come on. I, I'd say Carson Wentz would probably have the easiest route. Because if was they are a playoff team hurt. and he throws a bunch of touchdowns and he's been an MVP level player who's hit rock bottom. Yeah. Saquon, I'm, are you into comebacks on just like normal injuries? Like he just tore his ACL. Yeah, I'm into comebacks on normal injuries. But what about Nick Bosa? Yeah, that's legit. You 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 need somebody to really really suffer. Is that what you're saying? No. Well, I mean, to me, the Alex one, I mean, his leg fell off. I, I like a guy that, like, hits a low moment in his career. Sure. Like, it's, you know, a guy that, like, in baseball, you, like, have a season where you bat 220. Next year, you get bat 320. It's like, oh, that's who he was. Right. Carson Wentz, to me, is in a different category than the other three guys. Because Barkley and Odell, like, when they've been healthy, they're good. Have you what, always had to be hurt? Could you never just, like, suck and then bounce back? Uh... It's a great question. I think we'd have to do a deep dive. Like, would Peyton Manning have qualified the year after he missed the season? Like, Absolutely. that's a pretty serious. His fucking yeah. neck didn't work. Have we had this? Like, don't, is do, you, do you agree? Like, the neck injury or the Alex Smith leg injury is different. Than, those two guys just tore their ACLs. For sure. Yeah. But again, I mean, you you are coming back from an injury. So I yeah. do give you. I'm not trying to diminish, like, their rehab or whatever, but. You want a real sob story. What, 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 you want. what would be more. But, I, but like, to me, Wentz. If he is good, like that'd be, he was really shitty last yeah. year. Right? And he got hurt. It's the combination. Wouldn't you say he's the leader in the clubhouse if he's just good? Like it'd be hard to trump him. Yes, story. because he just doesn't, he doesn't have to be like, I think Odell would have to be great, right? Like great. But I think Carson would go, I got benched and then I got traded. <laughs> like you guys just, you guys were starters who got hurt. It's it is all you look for, yeah. But again, has this award been around that long? Comeback player in the NFL? That's a good question. I I, I need to do some research. We, we just need to. We change don't need to research this award. All right. Uh, question for the pod: A key one. Cowboys fan here, so I'm glad Doug Peterson is out of the NFC East. Of course, I'd love him to replace Mike McMeathead in Big D, but that'll never happen. So when and where do you see Doug landing next? And will it be as a head coach? Keep up the killer work, Doug Peterson. Someone who was paid. Where we're making eighty, ninety thousand dollars to go away for a couple months. It's a powerful feeling. I can't imagine Doug Peterson, who was surely making seven, eight million dollars, who's like, wait, I get my eight million dollars and you fired me and I still mowed two more, three more years. That's that is a position that not enough head coaches like they're like, I gotta get back in the game, but don't want to be out too long. It's like, hey buddy, you're making eight fucking million dollars. Take a deep breath, enjoy life. I I commend Doug like I wonder if he's in a huge – he just was a head coach, won a Super Bowl. Like, what is there really left to prove? I mean, I, he's a competitive guy. He wants to prove that he's not a bad coach. But, like, he did get to the mountaintop in his profession. Yeah, yeah. He did. He got to the mountaintop guy, won a Super Bowl as a head coach, as a play caller. It I'll doesn't give, get any better. I'll give you a couple teams that stand out to me. Just as I think about it, I wouldn't say they stand out. They're not obvious. Places that Doug Peterson could end up as a head coach again. If Zach Taylor doesn't win in Cincinnati, Bro. I could I could see Mike Brown. I could see them liking uh, Doug Peterson. Um, you know, how about this? Now I don't think this is happening anytime soon. But what if Pete Carroll retired? John Schneider then can take over personnel control with Doug Peter. But Doug Peterson just feels to me like he'd be a good Seattle fit. 
Well, I, I was in the division. I was just thinking Arizona. What if you know they miss the playoffs this year and they need to get a coach? And Doug's like, listen, guys, I've been a head coach for five years. I worked under Andy for a decade. Like I, I can handle Philly. I can definitely handle Tempe, right? Yeah. I, to me, he he has a little bit. If you know Doug, he's kind of got a West Coast vibe for being a Southern Philly guy. He's just an easygoing. Definitely. I think he would make a lot of sense with John Schneider. I think he would make a ton of sense in Arizona. Who is going to have a better resume when they sit down than Peterson of guys he's interviewing against next if he wants to get in the cycle, right? Guys, I've won a Super Bowl. Now, if Carson probably depends a little bit how the Carson situation ages. It's not. Yeah, it's it, there's the potential that it looks bad that way you couldn't make it work with this guy. But Frank could. But I think he'd say we did. And then it just kind of got kind of. I mean, it's like. He's got to answer some questions. If I'm interviewing Doug Peterson, he's got to answer multiple questions about relationships. He's got to answer questions about relationships with the front office and about relationships about the relationship with his quarterback, right? Yeah. Next up, uh, this is from Zach Hanberger. Spotify listener had to come here and give you a five-star review from South Carolina. If Shanahan, thank you. If Shanahan goes, uh, if Shanahan starts whichever QB he takes at three. Okay, so if he starts whichever QB he takes at three. Fields, Lance Jones. What would be your prediction for wins for the first season for each of those guys? So how many wins would he win with Field? How many games would he win with Fields? How many games would he win with Lance? How many games would he win with with uh, Mac Jones? I would say Fields would have the highest upside because he's the most ready to go between him and Lance of the high upside guys. And I, I, I do think that you could probably win 11, 12 games if it turned out he was just really good. Like he was like a Justin Herbert, right? Or a Mahomes, like he was just immediately really high end. I think he would be very competitive with Mac Jones. I'd go nine, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. Uh, Trey Lance would be a pretty big question mark. I don't even know. It's just hard to tell. Yeah, I'm not trying really to cop hard. out. I, I don't. I fuck. He hasn't played in two years. Well, it's like you want to say 17 game season. You want to say, well, okay, Trey Lance starts 17 games. What's the ceiling? Based on everything we know, you want to say, like, ah, it's probably nine games, right? Nine wins. But if the ceiling's nine wins, then can you start him right away? The ceiling has to be higher than nine wins to just start him right away. Because nine wins, John, that's that's nine and eight. Yeah, I mean, part of it, though, is you made this trade for the next five years, not to that. You, I can't, just, I, I, you cannot live in 2021. I, I agree with that. My, That's true. No, you're right. I just wonder if the ceiling would be higher with all these guys because it's Kyle. Maybe the ceiling. Uh, but is- but I think people. But I think people can live with it if you're seeing these glimpses of like, God damn, sure. this kid's gonna and be nine pretty is good. almost ten, and maybe you're a playoff team anyway, so that would be good. I I do think it's double figures with Mac or Fields. Does nine get you in? It would have last year. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might. It just it gives you a shot. Yeah, it gives you a shot. All right. Uh, this is from AZ Cool Breeze. Listening to Guy and John, I feel like I've known them for years. I'm part of the conversation. Opinionated, but still reasoned and measured. Mostly football with some basketball, some golf, some baseball. A decent amount of gambling coverage. Cover the Bay Area sports scene and gives you a feeling of getting inside info, but not so much inside info that they alienate the non-locals. Sometimes they'll interview a great guest and expand my sport universe. In short, an informative and entertaining way to spend a few hours a week. Highly recommend. Thanks for the great product. Oh, John, there's not even a question there. I just read a long compliment. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking I'll have to, I'll do the numbers. I'll have to get the numbers for us. But the amount of places that we're shipping boxes to 
the amount of different states, it's Texas, a lot of New York, Oregon, the Midwest, uh, Connecticut. I mean, we are shipping boxes. Uh, we had two orders from Hawaii, several international orders we had to decline. Obviously, a lot of California, from some SACs, from Southern California. Um, but we are shipping. I, I don't know what it is. We are several, several hats have gone to New York. Do you know what I always hated when I, in collegiate athletics, in the radio business, and even in the NFL, you didn't hear this as much in the NFL, but when, and I, I bet a lot of people can relate to this, when you talk to someone in your office, you're trying to ask a question, or maybe you're a consumer and you're in a restaurant or wherever, a safe way, and you go, hey, what about question X? And they go, that's above my pay grade. I fucking despise that. Worse like, yes. That's over my head. I'm not... Everyone I don't, I don't have asked, to worry about that. Everyone that's DM'd me and they're like, hey, man, you got any hats left? I'm like, I'm not the point person on this one. <laughs> Go to God, you know, to email the person. I did it. And I'm like, I, it's not me. But but in fairness, like I would screw up the flow. Like if I, I don't know, I don't have all the details in front of me. I don't. You know. I shared the, 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 the document with the workflow, the warehouse. You can check in on the warehouse, John. We've got up to the minute <laughs> scanners. As soon as it scans, the numbers update. I did what I despise. Uh, on, my pancreas. <laughs> on on uh, on YouTube, EKBZ says Vegas has the Niners at ten and a half right now. Win total. That don't worry. That win total video will be coming uh, <laughs> a month after the draft. I lost my place here. Let's see. Uh, who haven't we gotten to yet? Hold on. I'm finding it. Here we go. Okay. Next up, this is from Bongers, 1996. Hey, Netherlands here. Uh, I'm a huge Raider fan. Wondering if you guys think Micah Parsons is a possibility for the Raiders. And if not, should we go offensive line? At this point, doesn't it feel like Micah Par- if Micah Parsons is there for them? He's gone. It would be a miracle. I, I You know, I said Jalen I, I don't Phillips. think he makes it past like 12. Guys. You know what I think is really interesting about this draft, given what you said earlier about the Scott Fitterer quote about there being 18 first-round grades? 16. 16 first-round grades? 16. Raiders are drafting. When he said that. That's a pretty low number. It's half the first round is first rounders. That, but that's them. I mean, some teams. Sure, but I saw Bucky 24. Brooks. Bucky Brooks wrote like, it's, yeah, that's 18 to 24 first rounders. Like, that's normal. Like, yeah. maybe not 16, but um, this is where you I think come of those to. 16 that all five were quarterbacks, or do you think like Mac Jones potentially? No, I wouldn't group? surprise me if like the Pan- if somebody goes ahead of the Panthers that they didn't even have a first round grade on. Yeah. Well, remember, we were sold that bag of goods. Well, they might have. Maybe they don't have Trey Lance. Like, to me, they could have Mac Jones. That wouldn't shock me if they had a first-round grade on Mac Jones. That's not a McCorkle? Yeah. McCorkle? I call him Mac out of respect. I'll call him McCorkle. That is his name, but out of respect, not out of disrespect. I feel like it's good. Well, no, I I like the name McCorkle. Okay. And I like the name Mac. Mac is great. Okay. Uh, So what I'm getting at, though, is if there's 16 guys with a first-round grade, do you end up taking a guy that maybe has a bit of some red flag concerns, but upside... This is I mentioned Jalen Phillips out of uh, Miami. Is that a spot well, where you go? Well, I, I, one thing, listen to rule. I do think they're pretty big on like character stuff. So once you stack your board, the sixteen guys they might be factoring in like Jalen Phillips, for example, might not be on their first round board, but they go he's a first round talent. But in the way we once we factor in the character, the injuries, we moved him off. Right that. There, that is the curveball in the whole process. Like it's not in a vacuum, just the player. As one thing, Matt Rule, he's really impressive. He's very big on the people. 
Mm-hmm. He just kind of talks like the way a lot of successful college guys do. They're, they're very big on getting to know guys and the culture because they recruit humans. And I, you know, I, I think there you can go one way or the other, right? Like Chip went way too far. And then like guys like Pete Carroll and Harbaugh sometimes I think go too far the other way. Like when they were in the pros, there's like this fine balance that you could argue is never really struck because you can never say we'll never take a character guy. You're always like, well, this guy fell to us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a great example. Or he's staring at you in the second round. You're like, he was off our board. You're like, God, I thought he was going to go big 20. <laughs> I'll give you, it's, you know, just made me think David Shaw who we've had on the podcast before, told me one time, I asked him about working for Ozzie Newsome and the Ravens. And I was like, what, like, why were you get like, well, just explain it to me. Like, how'd you guys always hit? He was there for three years. He's like, Ozzie, I don't know what your experience with this is. He said he'd never seen anyone that stacks the draft board like Ozzie Newsome does. He said Ozzie Newsome stra- stacks the, does not use positions when he stacks his draft board. He just, you know, we've always talked about the Ravens are a BPA team, right? Best player available. Yeah. He said, so Ozzie stacks the draft board just by his rank of players. Could be linebacker, quarterback, offensive lineman, running back. Like, that's how he stacks it. So you go, okay, I'll just do what Ozzie does, right? Let me just take that formula. He said, but what would happen in the draft as the draft goes along, now there's a shift where you're like, okay, I've got it stacked but by BPA, but we need a cornerback, and cornerbacks are starting to go off. So now I'll reach for that cornerback because we need a guy. And he said that was just Ozzy's mind, right? In other words, there's we, we are you a BPA guy? or are you, Well, guess what? Ozzy's both, right? And it was based on what he felt on his evaluation. When was it worth it? We need offensive linemen. Offensive linemen are going. Of the guys that are left, off the best offensive linemen is actually fifth on my board. But even as a BPA guy, my feeling is right now is the time to go reach. So it was a great example of like, you can't even, it is about the guy. We can talk philosophically all the time, but it's about the individual, the John Middlecoffs, the Jimmys and the John Middlecoffs. Well, I'm a big believer in having a process, having a philosophy, whatever you do, but you got to be driven a little bit by your gut feel and your instincts, right? That, that is something that will never change instincts, right? On just hiring someone setting up the way we do podcast. I mean, whatever you do, you got to have some instincts on your industry, right? Because like you said, it's easy to go, well, the BPA is a running back. And you're like, well, we got four running backs on the, it doesn't make always make sense, right? There is a balance to it for sure. All right. So and some positions are more valuable than others. uh, I would love like to me, I know it's risky. It's not the way they've drafted, but that's why I like the idea of Jalen Phillips because it's not the way they've drafted concussion guy though look again they have not taken but you don't get if this guy didn't have red flags you would not be able to acquire him it's the same risk the raiders the niners took on reuben foster it 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 failed like it could fail but you you this is a top 10 level prospect if he doesn't have any red flags you're drafting 17th so how do you get i would take i would take micah parsons over him i would too i just don't think micah parsons gonna i'm with you no i don't either next up Omar V12. Uh, I'm really late to this party. Okay. But what do you think about Zach Wilson staying for his senior year in order to accumulate more reps? I'm aware his stock could drop, especially if he's drafted number two. However, next year he could have been number one and avoid going to the Jets and have more experience. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, go number two. I could, I could see it if, let's say, he was like a lock second rounder 
And you'd be like, well, if he came back, I think he would clearly be the apple of everyone's eye, even though it's still risk. There's an inherent risk. You can get hurt playing football. But at the end of the day, what the hell is the difference between number one and number two? It's like really like a million bucks. And you're talking a guy that's going to sign a $37 million contract. And I'd also argue, big picture, like if I personally could choose, I would rather play in New York than Jacksonville. I would too. It it matters more. The fan base is fucking massive. I'd rather play for Michael Fuller. Big time. Um, but it does bring up this question of usually this time of year we start talking talking about the next year, and it does not seem like at this point next year's draft draft class. I, I have a hard time with that just based on I didn't know who Zach Wilson was at this time last year. The year before, maybe I knew who Joe Burrow was, but we have seen in recent memory Kyler had never started. Baker had just been like a mid-round guy, went number one overall. There is usually a staple in every draft, like Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen was – Sam kind of was, but I, I I do think just because you spend all this time like Slovis, 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 th- there are going to be some other guys that haven't played well, that are going to be really be. good. Yeah. Uh, Rhett says Kyle Shanahan said they love three QBs in this draft and they could get there with the other two. So potentially like five. We like three. We could get there with the other two. I'm on the fields at three train, but the Niners do my, doing so much extra scouting of Fields and Lance recently makes me think they are the two that they could quote-unquote get there with. So the ones that they would love would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. What do you say about this observation? You know, what's funny is I thought Matt Rule said something that kind of opened my eyes. He's like, you know, I really had to retrain my mind because we he coached the Senior Bowl. And he's like, some of these kids – it looked like we're like undernourished or smaller than it said the the numbers we had, like their weight – and then he's like, I went on the pro day circuit with Fitterer. He's like, you know, we, we hit all the big ones. And some of these guys that we had coached looked dramatically better. And I started thinking, well, of course, some of these guys, their seasons were canceled or were all over the map. They weren't eating right. Like you, you have to judge them a little bit differently. And I do think that includes the quarterbacks. Like this scouting process is an all-time outlier. Just the way their season went down. Alabama would, you know, they operated normal, but Fields and, and Lance, like you do have to kind of just, it is a process for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember Nick Bosa said that going into his, he talked about it going into his second year, how his rookie year going into the draft was just, it was a whirlwind. All the travel, all the different stuff you did, that he was in better shape going into year two just because he didn't have that whole draft experience. And that was a, he actually had more – now, I guess he didn't have more time because he was rehabbing an injury also, so it made that dynamic unique. Um, as it relates to this observation, I do think this is possible – I think there's some logic to to what Rhett says here, right? Yes. Could it be that they liked – they knew what they thought of Mac. Now it was about doing the the uh, the recon, the due diligence on, on Lance and Fields. Those were the two guys they could, quote-unquote, get there with. That's possible. Mailbag next up, longtime listener, five-star pod, B-Rush 25. Brandon Rush, good to have you, man. Uh, I am just getting back into golfing. I'm due for a new set of irons. Any suggestions? What are your favorite clubs to play with? Thanks. Keep up the great work. I knew this. If I had limitless funds and was good with whatever, I think I'd want Mizuno's always look sweet to me. Yeah, those are so hard to hit. Well, that's what I mean. They just, they're the <laughs> sweetest looking clubs. But, but I'd say every, I, I saw uh, my mom still gets like golf digest. And whenever I go to her house, I take it. It's like a pretty good magazine. And every, article or i mean every monthly one will have a tour player and inside their bag oh yeah and they're all hitting like 
DJs was this week, and it hits tail. Like I have the tailor made. They're a thicker. They're not a cavity back, but they're not like the guys that the tour the use. Yeah. Some of them though use like the five and four iron version. DJ uses the blade version six, seven, eight, nine because you can control it more. These got a little more pop. I think Taylor made or Callaway make just fantastic irons. So, so you think I should stick with my Callaway X twenty twos from two thousand nine? But, but I think you could get, I think you could get sweet Callaways for relatively cheap. You know what I saw uh, during like a few months, several months ago now. Ping came out with these irons. I think they got they got good irons too. G seven tens. They were yeah. like they're a little bigger. <laughs> like it's it, they're not the what are they, like the high handicap irons, but they are a slightly bigger face. Problem is they're like in black, and I don't, you know, I don't, I'd scuff them up. But and they're they're really expensive, also. But what were they? Like fifteen hundred? Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember. Maybe something like that at the time. My, my mine were like fourteen fifty, but I had DM'd the dude at TaylorMade. Turns out he was friends with a family friend. He gave me a discount, and it was like forty percent off. So they were like seven hundred bucks. You know what? Here's what I would tell B Rush. We're both PXG guys. <laughs> I would hit BXGs. They're expensive as shit. Uh, diehard Mash, a diehard Raider fan. Best podcast in the Barrier Sports period. Guy and John had humor with real insight. My question is a Raiders focus. Saw on Twitter some rumblings that the Raiders could trade the 17th pick for an established defensive starter. If that's the case, any ideas who that could be? Who could the Raiders trade set? So somebody would have to, an established defensive starter. Hmm. Yeah, I think you and I have talked about this, that they would be in the mix for Jamal Adams, Jalen Ramsey. That guy doesn't exist. Yeah. Or at least hasn't publicly. No one who's legit that you would trade. Yeah, like J.J. Watt would have been one. I saw Marcus Lattimore. I don't th- is that his, uh, Marcus Lattimore? Whatever the Lattimore on the Saints name is, the, the corner who's good from Ohio State. He just got it's in trouble. Marcus? I think it is Mark, but wasn't the Marcus, no, Marcus Lattimore? Marcus is the running back from South Carolina. That's uh, yeah, who the Niners drafted, right? Yeah, who's I think Saints, still on the uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore, I was close. He yeah. got in trouble. I think he just almost he got arrested and had a gun in his pants, and the officer was like, "Bro, you're gonna shoot your dick off? What the fuck are you doing?" Like, kind of like ripping him. But you know, he's a good corner. I mean, that could be. You know, would oh. you trade a first round pick for him? Yeah. A little trouble, you know. I don't think Gruden's that big on picking seventeen. Yeah, good player. Uh, next up, bad boy Phil, big fan of the pot. Stumble across it a few months back. Like how you guys talk White Sox. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the team everyone's sleeping on right now for a massive move up the draft is the Bears. Pace and Nagy aren't risking their jobs with Dalton. You watch Pace on draft day get into the top five by mortgaging a ton of their future. Pace has done some good. He's done some really bad, obviously, like Trubisky, but the man is aggressive. You heard it here first. Keep up the great work. Vince. Yeah, I've got a buddy, Chris Withers, who last year got the job as the TV producer for the White Sox, so I just started watching a lot of the White Sox, and then it turned out they were good. Look at okay, they have, they have like look. multiple guys who look like Vlad Guerrero's kid who hit balls like 700 feet. They were a great watch. And they've got <laughs> some good they've got some pitchers that throw hard. Did they have a guy throw a no-no? Uh, they did. Rodon? Was it Rodon? Was it Carlos Rodon? Ro- Rodon? Rodon. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Bears are drafting at 20. Yeah. Feels feels low. Feels like they should be drafting at 9. 
Well, they went eight and eight and they made the playoffs. I think their problem is their owner is not going to allow the GM to do anything crazy. Like we're just on a little bit of a trial run for Ryan Pace. Like let's just let's just pump the brakes. What would they even do? I mean, they, here's the thing: they could get a receiver at that spot, probably. Good receiver. Offensive line, yeah. They- Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's ham fifty for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional twenty bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. They need a lot. <laughs> I don't think they're very good, which is sad. Uh, are you guys worried about Chris Sims? This is from Dirty Sanchez. Are you guys worried about Chris Sims having Justin Fields last on his web rankings? I wouldn't say I'm worried about it, but I I don't think... Like, I like Justin Fields. There's a lot to like about Justin Fields. If you told me in five years Justin Fields is the least productive of Jones, Wilson, Lance, Lawrence, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Again, it's not about him. I won't be shocked if guys don't hit. This is the way this goes. But part of that is where does he end up, right? If he's on the Niners... I wouldn't be worried about it. I I just think things change so fast. Everything we talked about a year ago today was like, fuck Tua, that guy's going to be good. You know, Burrow's going to be good. This Herbert is really talented, but who knows? And now it's like, God, Tua, who'd want Tua? You know, this McCorkle's better than Tua. And you got Justin Herbert, like beside Mahomes, who would you rather have? That changed within, I mean, we're a year out. When did that narrative really change? Probably by like November, like everyone was in agreement. Week five. <laughs> or I guess so, maybe like week six. But, but my point is like once you start playing, it it's just it it like in baseball, it takes time with prospects to come up and you kind of got to live and give them time to become really good players in basketball. They're so young. But in football, it's like 
you just kind of get thrown to the fire. And some guys take a little time, right? Devontae Adams wasn't. But some guys, you just Worf's all pro. Like Justin Jefferson, sweet. You know, like even Ruggs, for example, like it's clear his speed is special. Now, can he be? But it's like things jump out, right? Like right away, yeah. it's like Solomon Thomas. I remember going like, why is he not ever getting close to the quarterback? And it doesn't really change. Right. So I, I just think you kind of like once you see a guy throw, like Tua's not going to come back this year and like throw way harder. Now, he might be a better player, but I think we kind of saw like his arms, his arm in the NFL. That's what it looks like. Uh, Randy, assuming the Niners take Mac Jones, is Kyle literally the only person in football that would have done that? <laughs> I think when you factor in the trade. The trade, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's the only person in football that would take Mac Jones. High. Ahead of the other, ahead of Lance and Fields. I would imagine the list is a lot smaller, though, than they'll try to portray that if that happens. Yeah, the QB coach doesn't necessarily, just because a QB coach likes him doesn't mean his team would have drafted him. Also, depend I, if it's the case... <laughs> Because it might be. Uh, so makes Thursday night pretty nuts. I mean, we're going to be – fucking heart's going to be pounding like it's going to be Mac. It'll be interesting where the other two guys go. Like, do Lance and Fields end up just going like 4-5? or five? Do the Bengals are like, holy shit, we can get a lot for this? Or do they go like 9-15? and 15? That I will be – that will determine a little bit like, damn, maybe they – maybe the league didn't like these guys as much as the media. Because that's true. If, if Mac Jones is the pick, here's a preview of Middlecoff on draft night. No, but I mean, I'll embrace it. He'll come on the pod. Like I, I'm not anti Mac. I just okay. think I have to, I have to figure out a way to talk about it positively. Well, again, because I don't think he's a scrub. I just think the whole process. I'll be. To me, the beauty of it all is he gets if he's the pick. Now we get to watch it play out. So it's win win as far as I'm concerned. I agree, but I will want some answers of why were you guys so adamant that you had to trade all these picks to get this player? Yeah. Especially when Miami immediately flipped your pick right back to six. You don't think you've got, got him at six for one more pick? Uh, we did, Randy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Joe says, huge part of Tua's NFL projection was the big numbers he put up in college, but his college career against top 30 defenses, he had six picks, six touchdowns, 58%. 
Do you think the narrative surrounding him would have been different had he not come in for Hurts his freshman year in the championship game? The second part of this question is, what does it say about Mac Jones that Matt came in with arguably less talent, put up bigger numbers, won a title his only year as the starter, something Tua was never able to do as the full-time starter. Tua was seen as a can't-miss. You had to tank for Tua. Shouldn't that mean Mac should be viewed more highly than Tua and a surefire top-five pick? Or does that mean the evaluation on Tua was off? You know, we have kind of forgotten about Is the this whole- Kyle Shanahan? Did Kyle Shanahan leave a review? <laughs> this is a very good. Very, Joe Joe. You see Bondi that guy? Seven. I mean, that you can't tell me this is a re- – I mean, that's a deep breakdown, that opening paragraph. Is there a nickname in the office for one of these guys? Like Joe Boggy in the house. <laughs> well, I mean, this this feels like this is the opening argument for Mike and Kyle, right? Well, we have forgotten once upon a time of many, many, many news cycles ago, the Alabama receivers were asked, who, who would you want, Mac or Tua? And they said Mac. The hype train, though, was not created by the outside noise. It was created by Alabama as a pseudo kind of Alabama follower, just because they've been so good. You end up, I watched so many of their games, like probably most people ask Najee Harris. I mean, fuck, he went there. He's our neighbor is the year they won a national championship with Jalen or they got there. I can't remember. I mean, they go or get win it every year. The next year to us, true freshman year, when he ultimately came in at the end of the season, he was mixing in during the season and just knowing a couple people around the Alabama program, they were like, this is our Steve Young. And not that not that Jalen was Joe Montana. They were just saying they thought this guy was Steve Young. <laughs> like lefty, mobile, accurate. Like th- they thought this guy was the most talented quarterback. The the program yeah. they'd ever had. Yeah. And he was. I mean, he was he was way better than anything they ever had. I think it just once you saw Mac, you're like, well, have they just started getting better players now? And now Bryce Young, they've just turned into more of a quarterback factory. And when you do that, like you get five guys to go pro as it looks like they're going to go on a run now, probably one guy is going to be better than the other three, regardless of the hype when they were in the program. Like there, there is a chance that in 10 years, it was like, well, Mac turned out better than Tua, turned out better than Bryce and turned out better than his, the next guy. Right. right, Tua, right. Saban's last year at 74 years old. He might just be the best. But the hype and stuff. Like there is there is reality behind hype with high school players because the stars who's recruiting you and it's pretty open like Mac was not some like could go wherever. I mean, Saban saw it in him, but they Alabama has always been adamant like we will offer guys. They're not obsessed with stars and stuff when they when they signed Amari Cooper, Amari was not some could go anywhere. They loved him. And then he becomes that once he goes to Alabama. But that's where I think Nick goes. We just we're confident with our even. Obviously, they do recruit the Najis or the Landon Collins or the Sertains, right? But I do think Mac Jones had a much different path to stardom than Tua, backed by reality, though. Yeah, but I also would say to to uh, Burner Kyle Shanahan here uh, that I would agree that the fact that he came in the national championship and won the national title did influence the way we thought about him moving forward. It was sweet. Yeah, the national championship guy wasn't it the. Uh, didn't he come in, or was that the following year in the SEC championship game? I guess Against it was the following Georgia. year. Tua got, Tua got hurt, and Jalen came Jaylen in. Jalen came back, and yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, this is from SSV. You guys have been doing a phenomenal job. Keep turning out the content. The one thing that scares me a little about Lance was in his one season as a starter, they were winning. They were able to run their offense, the play action, the QB runs, et cetera. 
We were never able to see him down in the second half, having to throw them back into it. As an evaluator or a scout, who do you pro- uh, how do you project something like that? We haven't seen it, so it's all a projection. I mean, there's nothing. Question. There is no, there is nothing. I mean, that's the scary part about him. I think you would just bank on learning about the kid, the player. I mean, the the, the actual human being. Like, how's he wired? Like, is he mentally tough? Because part of why I think you'd be very confident with Mac, you're like, well, this guy's just fucking wired the right way, right? Yeah. Because it's when clearly that's going to be part of the argument for whoever drafts him. That he didn't really face that much adversity. No, no, no. That Matt, the the the, the, you're saying, would you say wired the right way about Mac or Trey? I was talking about Mac because he hasn't hit adversity really either, right? Uh, But I would say for Trey Lance, that would probably you would really make the case for him wired the right way because you that you have to rely on something up, you know, like. Now, here's the thing I will say for him. We haven't seen him down 20, all that. But we did see him to- told by the sport you're not a quarterback and become an NFL, a major NFL draft prospect. So he did when you think about adversity. The, it's just a different... Well, when you think about the best quarterbacks in the, in the sport, they all had like major adversity as players. Tom Brady couldn't start on his own college team, went back and forth with Drew Henson, went sixth round. Russell Wilson told at nc state like leave we like mike glennon more like that those things really happened alex smith was drafted over aaron Rodgers and he fell to 24 like that was and he had to start at jc mahomes went to texas tech like there is a pretty josh allen fucking bounced around had to go to jc's like there is something to be like trying to prove historically the blue chip guy from alabama usc texas has failed even Flacco, Delaware, right, had to transfer from Penn State. Like you just go, Eli, Ole Miss, Peyton, I, Tennessee. I'm searching now. Andrew, I'm searching. no, I'm, I'm historic, but I would just say historically, most guys fail, like by NFL standards. Yeah, but I'm just saying the best guys in the NFL right now all have similar kind of chip on their shoulder story. Told you weren't good enough. The top three guys. Yeah, Brady, Russell, Rogers. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how who. I mean, Mahomes, was Trey Lance told Steve he Young, wasn't good enough then? Yes. Was Favre. Mac Jones told he wasn't good enough? Like at one point he probably was told he wasn't good enough to be a starter at Alabama than he was. But he did sign a letter of intent and go to Alabama. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like how do we – as a tennis player, maybe someone told him, you're not a good enough tennis player. Was his dad – did you hear that too? As a dad's a pro tennis player or maybe people Is in the family a are? a pro tennis player? I just heard – I know that he Maybe grandpa. Tennis. Yeah. It had a little – it had some Rosen vibes. Uh, NorCal Raider, big fan. You guys are awesome knowledge, uh, entertaining. Question, do you think the Raiders will trade Josh Jacobs before his contract's up? My thoughts, they have other needs. Thanks from a fellow – Yolo County, dude. So people, yo, Yolo is like Sacramento Davis. Yolo five three zero. Uh, that's right, it's five three zero. Back before Yolo meant what it means now. Yeah, it's Yolo County. I'd have. I mean, I would think Josh Jacobs is probably one of the guys they like the most. Isn't the point of hitting on picks and getting good players and keeping the good players? I I hear what he's saying, but like, you get rid of Josh Jacobs, like he's probably your second or third best player i would just pay him or just keep him yeah when i say pay him just pick up his fifth year option like right. we don't need to extend like just baker's fifth year no rush. got picked up apparently those comments tell us yeah I, I i saw that i think the gm did his gm talk today the browns guy and said that both him and denzel ward will have their fifth year options picked up but fitterer was asked about sam darnold and uh dj moore 
and he gave kind of a weird I mean, he was like, yeah, we'll just we'll get to that after the draft. Hmm. It's like, well, interesting. I mean, it's a pretty black and white question. Like, you guys know, just say it, yeah. Dad played pro D1 tennis. Mom's sister also played D1 tennis. Um, from the YouTube comments. Also, YouTube, uh, real quick sidebar from the from the mailbag. Are you guys at work, says Dwight. Yes. And then Gustavus says, this is their work, LOL. That's right. Uh, where were we last? Uh, Josh Jacobs. Next up. We got a lot, a lot of mailbag questions. Thank you, guys. Um... Who in the NBA would be a fun quarterback to watch? For me, I think it'd be incredible to watch Jokic play quarterback just to see it. <laughs> That's called Roethlisberger. I think Steph would be pretty good too because he's got some pretty good accuracy in the NBA. Obviously, two sports. Um, passing is passing for the most part. Keep on grinding. I know who you're going to say, I think. Uh, Westbrook. Yeah. No-brainer. Now, he'd be, he'd be like Lamar meets michael vick because he ain't sliding he would be fun he would be fucking talking shit he'd be outstanding he would have been a great nfl like he's a one guy lebron can say he'd play in the nfl all he wants like right, we'll see i don't know he's humans aren't that big in the nfl like a six eight tackle is massive like there aren't six eight tight ends you're just you're at a disadvantage i think westbrook would have been an elite nfl player his explosion, his toughness, his speed. I mean, he's, he was made for the NFL. Now, quarterback specifically. He's 6'4", too, right? He's not like 6'8". Yeah, he's, he's tall. Like, like, to me, Draymond would be interesting, you know? Um, he can play D-end, I think. But for quarterbacks? I mean, Dame? <laughs> To me, to me, Dame would be like a, like a Jimmy Ward. I feel like Dame would play defense. Be like a corner or like a slot receiver. Devin Booker? Dame's small. He's like 6'5", isn't he? Chris? Chris would be like Chris, a... Chris, I mean, Chris would be a corner. <laughs> be you like think? Darrell Revis. Just the, the biggest talking corner in the league. Yeah. Uh, uh, are we certain the Jets are taking? This is from Isaac. Are we certain the Jets are taking Zach Wilson? Solid on the floor, part of Kyle's coaching tree. Probably value the same things as Kyle. If Kyle's trading up to three to take Fields or Lance, doesn't it make sense for the Jets to like those guys too? With Kyle's presence at the second pro day, I got to tell you, I got to eat more before I read four paragraph questions. Make me lightheaded. With Kyle's presence at the pro day for Fields and Lance. Maybe there was a quid pro quo going on. Solid on the floor. Give Kyle some insight on what they're doing at two. So Kyle knew he had to trade up to three to get his guy. And Kyle does some work at the pro days to help LaFleur evaluate the work their future pick. Might be crazy theory. But for the Niners to give up what they did to get the three, they had to know what the Jets were doing. And this whole situation, Zach Wilson just doesn't seem like the fit to me. Sorry, my reaction is I actually like the question. I just literally got wore myself out on that one. Um, I... I do think the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. And I also I think it's too. possible that the Jets and Niners, we've, I thought this the whole time, that the Niners kind of knew what the Jets were up to. But yeah, I also think the Jets and Niners could like the same guy and there could be more of those guys. I do not think of Robert Sala as part of Kyle's coaching tree. I do think of LaFleur as part of Kyle's coaching tree. Even though Sala is part of his coaching tree, I'll give Shanahan some credit for it, but I think of him more as a Pete Carroll guy. Your thoughts? Agreed on all fronts. Long question. 
Uh, this one needs this one's so long it required me to record it in video. Uh, Alton, huge fan of the pod, got me through college bus rides, coming from basketball games, not having to hear uh, the kids' conversation. So thank you. <laughs> Hated his teammates. Uh, two questions for the pod. Not sure if you guys uh, answer this or not, but here it is. With the Sean Watson's case, why hasn't there been more enough talk about the Texans' involvement uh, and what they let slide? Let's keep it 100. No cap. Only reason this stuff came out was because Watson asked for a trade. You want to leave? Okay, we'll ruin your name. Isn't this just as bad on their part? Why are athletes subjected to different standards when they want to leave a certain job? When can any regular American who wants to change jobs is able to and nobody questions it? Only athletes have to appease fans. Athletes, happiness, and all that matters, in my opinion, and we forget they're humans. A lot of athletes don't care about winning or even love the sport they play. We pocket watch athletes like running back shouldn't be paid. Why should we care how much another man's making? Uh, it's the human element that seems not to be acknowledged. These owners swim in, in this case. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I would say the, the we only pocket watch in a salary cap league. No one cares in baseball. If it, there was a salary cap, like you want your team to do well. So when you pay Zeke a lot of money and then you realize he's slow, you're like, this is stupid. It's because you want your team to win. You're not pocket watching. You don't think like, oh, Zeke. His direct deposits were smaller. You don't actually give a fuck. You want your team to win. Can so pocket watching theory? with salary cap works. Just before you get to the next thing. Yeah. I think we like, think about when you play video games. Like a lot of people you love, I did. I'm sure a lot of people still do. You love doing like GM mode, like a full season, building your roster. Like we love looking at sports from GM's perspectives. We love to talk about building rosters and, uh, trades and drafts and allocation of funds. Like, I think a lot of it comes from that because I think the way we talk about teams is mostly the GM's perspective. We talk about teams from the G- The only place we really talk about from the coach's perspective is when we talk about play calling. But by and large, I think we discuss sports from a GM's perspective. Um, because should the guy be on the team or not? Should he be traded? Should him. he be cut? Yeah. Yeah. Who should win the wide receiver bet? Like I think that. So I think that's part of where that comes from. Well, what's the difference of like this guy makes too much or this guy should get cut? Like you're asking for the guy to lose his job. Like right. it's all it's all the right. same. Right. And you're like, well, that's pretty hard. I think I'm like, well, no, thinking thing. of it like a GM. Yeah, I want our, we had to upgrade the position. To me, the Deshaun Watson thing, even if the the Texans were part of this coming out like the facts are that he was fucking all these massage therapists they have agreed i mean they have come out and acknowledged it now whether it's consensual or not we're going to find out but it has become a complete disaster they the latest i saw yesterday or the other day is that rusty harden wants to take them all to trial because i think he's hoping that they'll all tap out they don't want to go to trial but like that's where we're at yeah like that's on Deshaun. real like so like whether I, i don't know who's guilty and who's innocent i don't I, I have no clue, just like anybody. The only people that know are him and the chicks. We do know that he was banging every massage therapist that was moving in Houston, though. Like, that evidence is in. They've admitted it. And that, to me, like, Deshaun is – Deshaun has come out, to me, the more and more information has come out, looking worse and worse. As just a super high-character guy that, like, bro, you, do you not realize, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, rich, good-looking guys have been having a lot of sex for a long period of time without – sleeping with every massage therapist that moves. That's assuming it's consensual. 
Uh, Anto, oh, love the Barry focus on the NFL. Missed the baseball discussion. They used to do it on the radio. One gripe, don't discuss Premier League or this sham Super League because you don't get it. You've read about that. The whole point of the Super League was to copy the NFL where even uh, crap teams take home money. Make no mistake, we don't pretend to be soccer experts, but sometimes soccer's fun. I, I like, I'm not a soccer hater. Yeah. They are and, losing and their minds over uh, Stan Kroenke in uh, wherever that team is, Arsenal. Why this is London? If I wanted to get Cronky and Glazers and the Henrys backs, here's where I think they'd say. You say the crap teams. No, we're Arsenal or Chelsea or whatever. We have a bad year and we get we don't get to go to the you know the fucking Champions League. Screw you. Like we're a huge part of carrying this sport in the region, and then we just have one down year and we get booted. And then people are like that's part of it. That's part of letting the little guy. Like no, the big boys in any world like. We see it in society when everyone's like, make them pay more taxes. The rich people already pay the majority of taxes. The rich people fucking fund society. Just like the Cowboys and the Patriots, like they do most of the heavy lifting in the NFL. Now, I understand there are more elements with soccer. I do think, though, that there probably are elements of the sports that if you really dove into, it would be like, you know, this is this is cool. But it's also, you know, it pissed me off if I was an owner in one of the leagues. But this goes back to like. You're one of the owners. Screw you. I don't care. I'm I'm the fan of Arsenal. You don't give a rip about us. You came from you came from across the pond trying to change the way we do things around here. You don't even care about the sport. I understand the pushback. I did hear someone say, and this is where it doesn't parallel American sports, that the revenue for sponsors and stuff sometimes can be generated off if you're in the if you're in the Champions League or not. Like you make dramatically more, which would make sense. Where that's the one thing in the NFL, like. I guess the Cowboys probably could have made more money the last decade if they had won a couple of Super Bowls, obviously. But I think they've made a shit ton of money and they haven't won that much, yeah, right? Yeah. That is, there's no question. I um, I Back think, to, I think the Bucks I think, are the best example. They've won one year, but they had been printing money for a decade. I think Stan Kroenke would love for Rams fans to be as rabid as Arsenal fans are. I mean, they rioted today. I mean, rioted. I, I think, I don't know how many people were really there, but the people that were there, John, had a lot of angry signs. Uh, Mac Jones Matrix. This is from Kiwi Smith. Thanks for the content. You guys have helped me stay sane during this process with all the ridiculous hyperbole on Mac Jones being Tom Brady-like. Could he be great? Sure, but there's more from his tape that doesn't transfer the NFL level than I've ever seen of a high-level prospect. Pristine pocket throwing to a guy within 5 to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage who's wide open lets me know he can hit NFL warm-up throws. Great. Turn on the Kentucky game. When Bama won by 60, they should have thrown three picks. Let that sink in. His team was 60 points better, and his elite decision-making would have resulted in three interceptions. He's not terrible and probably worthy of a late first or early second-round pick, but hearing all of the talk of him taking at three makes me feel like we've taken the Mac Jones blue pill, and this is all the matrix. Real question, do you feel it's more likely he's the pick at three or a second-round pick? I know my answer, but certainly hope I'm wrong. Keep up the great work. You know, we talked about this the other day. Is he a top-ten pick if the Niners don't take him? I I think it's more likely he's the pick at three than a second-round pick. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't. He's not going to be a second-round pick. I'd be... The question... We'll answer answer his question and then I'll follow up. Well, the likelihood of him being a second round pick is extremely unlikely. in In a normal world, like ideally, you take Khalil Mack, then you take Derek Carr in the second round. Like Mac Jones should be a second round pick, and because you're a second round pick, does not mean if let's say the hypothetical world the Niners could have got him in the second round, he might have been their starting quarterback for the next fifteen years. That's where it should be. 
and you'd be like, well, you know, the game has changed. You chained up to three. To me, the risk reward, though, of taking him at three is just it's just one of those things where everyone has an opinion going into the pick. That's where it gets scary. Like you don't turn the fan base of like the kid doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. If it looks, if it, if he's on the struggle bus year one, Once it's like, playing. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying like but, he plays and you just go, I don't see it. Well, for sure. For sure. But nothing that is said about him between the draft and the first game matters. Right. True. But the, the, like this the idea, like all oh, fans are going to be angry. Who cares? Yeah, but Abram and Middlecoff are one answer. Who cares? We'll wait till where, the plays. But where it does matter, though, is when you struggle, people are mad. Well, well, right. Yeah, yeah. Once, the, once you start playing, now it's real. Yeah. Uh, love the pod. Has been Steve. Discovered this through the three and out. I know I'm a little late, but I don't understand what the Cardinals are doing at all. Getting the injury-prone J.J. Watt and out of his prime A.J. Green. Who are they going to use like Fitzgerald for one catch a game? They let Kenron Drake walk after not utilizing him properly to bring not even a top 32 running back in James Conner. Good thing the hospitals in Arizona are pretty nice. So they all ready for JJ to spend, so they're ready for JJ to spend 70% of his time in one. I think Kime is overstayed as welcome and Kingsbury is a coordinator at, at a reach. He's a coordinator. It's a reach to call him a coordinator. Got it. I know this isn't even close to the lowest as a Cardinals fan, but it's all about this false hype that always amounts to nothing every year, too emotionally draining to be a Cardinals fan. What are your thoughts? Before I moved to Davis, before ninth grade in Northern California, uh, we'd moved around. But a few years prior, we lived in Arizona, and I remember going to a nine, a, a Cardinals like you know, a can't OTA signing, and I got Joe Bugle's autograph on like a team photo. Uh, the times were pretty low, John. The the time he was the head coach of the Cardinals once upon a time. They used to be really bad. The, what what we say about the Cardinals now is so much better than what used to be said about the Cardinals now. Or used I, to be said about the Cardinals. Well, I'm with you. JJ gets hurt a lot. AJ Green. I had a wide receiver coach tell me his tape was tough to watch this year. Like it might just be over. He'd been he he's had a lot of lower leg injuries. So it might just be over. There was a rumor floating around that they are in the business of trading up in this draft to try to draft like Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. Their, their team has a little bit NBA type feel, like ton of names, ton of stars. They feel more likely to go eight, nine, than they do 14 wins, right? I have a hard time seeing them like have a home playoff game. They're coach. They're just it's it's a coaching league, no matter how much talent you have. And I we saw when it really mattered with their coach, he got he got curb stomped by Kyle. But it was uh, at the end of the year, the Giants beat him. It was just I remember watching them going. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. You know, Fitz, I get I mean, the problem with Fitz, the Fitz AJ. Green, he retired. No, I think he's still not retired yet. Yeah. I don't think. I think he. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's officially retired. But I, I read a while ago that they expect him to retire. But it's like, he's what's five, he waiting for? John, he's five years older than AJ. He had more catches last year. Uh, he had more. He had the same number of catches the year before, and he's more durable. I mean, I. Now again, you're just fl- taking a flyer. AJ Green's thirty-two, thirty-three. But yeah, but they didn't take a flyer. They gave him seven million dollars. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're picking between the two, I'd pick Fitz. Me but too. I get that you go, well, he's 32, so whatever. Uh, okay, I think that was our that was our last mailbag question. Ugh. <sighs> Woo! 
Anything else we got to hit? Mailbag took a lot out of me today. Yeah, just wineaccess.com slash ham. Go check it out. All right, everybody. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Peep it. Later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.